This is episode 551 with football agent Stan Francis. If, if you talk to a player and they're both as talented as, as, as well, top potential players should have, mm-hmm. and you have the guy with the mentality and the focus, it's about, I think it's more about focus. And if you have the focus and you're prepared to work hard mm-hmm. and work harder than the rest, they will always make it without a doubt. What I've seen is that the fighters, they survive. Mm-hmm. You have, we have represented super talent, but really super talents when they were 16, 17. One of the guys, I've never seen a player like this. When he was 17, he played European uh, Europa League with a small club in Belgium. He was great. He was, it was like crazy. Now he's 25. I think he played 25 games in first division Belgium. And wow. the only reason why is because when he was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. everybody was saying, ah, oh, he's the best, he's the best. And still when I talk to him, he says to me, look, but I'm still the best. At training, I'm still the best. (laughs) Welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement, and peak performance. And now, here's your host. So I remember episode 455, when we had another football agent on the podcast, John Prince, and how spectacular that episode was so if you feel like that episode was great now by the way if you missed that episode you obviously have to go back and listen to it episode 455 but if you feel that that episode was great when you listen to it or for those of you who have listened to it then this particular episode uh, trust me it, it blows everything out of the water you see the perfect people who could be mentors to you are people who have been down that path before. So the path that you're trying to go through as an athlete, they have been down that path before. Now, not only has Stan Francis, my guest on the podcast today, been down that path, he was actually a footballer himself. So before transitioning to football agent, he was a footballer. So he understands the practical side of sports and he also understands the business side of sports. And of course, let's throw in this additional value is that he's also a sports lawyer now if you watch the english premier league and you support tottenham Hotspur, now when jose Mourinho signed with tottenham i kind of became like an accidental fan and you've watched toby alderweireld play stan francis is toby alderweireld's agent okay let's travel all the way to italy and go to napoli where of course dries mertens plies his trade in the attack of that team guess who's the agent of that guy it's Stan Francis. So trust me, this episode is value-packed. Like everything you could possibly think of is packed in this episode. We talk about the attitude that you must have as a footballer. That's why I say, look, it's the ins and outs of being an elite footballer from a practical angle and, of course, from the business angle as well. We talk about what agents are looking for in players. We talk about how you should recover when trials or certain things don't go your way. We talk about so many things. We talk about his book, which, of course, uh, was the reason I brought him on the podcast. You know, fortunately, that book is not in English, but I was able to get Stern to talk a little bit about it, which is the bankrupt footballer. So basically, one of the things that you will see with footballers is that shortly after their career is done, 
I mean, what happens? They go bankrupt because the money that they were getting from football, they kind of thought it would last forever, made certain mistakes along the way. And of course, because of the experience that Stern has in this department, he wrote that book. So I'm still trying to convince him to write it in English. He said whenever he has the time that he would do that. But it's a really good book. So obviously, because you can't read that, then of course you can take in the value and the so many other things that we share in this episode with football agent stan francis this episode guys is brought to you by my goal setting mastery course now one of the things that would help you in applying all the things that stan and myself talk about today is you need to set the proper goals you want to get to europe to play football what goals are you setting what plans are you having uh, you want to be the best athlete you can be what goals are you setting what plans do you have you want to become an elite athlete what goals are you setting what plans do you have you see goal setting mastery is going to help you accomplish all of these things head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash mastery athletemaestro.com forward slash mastery to get your hands on goal setting mastery today if you're setting the right goals you see everything that you're doing you are doing it the right way but you have wrong goals it's when you get to the end of the line you're going to realize that you were making this massive mistake all along when you get your hands on goal setting mastery come to dinner with myself and stan francis where we have served more than a six course meal the ins and outs of being an elite footballer But welcome everyone back to the podcast. My guest uh, today is Stan Francis. And of course, uh, he is so many things in the world of football. That's why it's a pleasure to connect with him today. He's a sports lawyer. He runs one of the biggest law firms and football agencies in Belgium. You know, so you guys know that he's coming uh, to say, you know, some real stuff. His clients, who I'm going to ask him about, include uh, Toby Advarald, Dries Merton. So if you want Tottenham, you want Napoli, this is the guy behind the scenes. Thank you for joining me, Stan. It's a pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Um, first off, your book is out. Um, unfortunately, the book is not in English. And that's one of the things that I wanted us to talk about. So it's the bankrupt footballer. And basically what you're doing is providing advice to footballers that think or believe that just because they get the chance to be professional, everything is said and done. Obviously, that isn't it. What, what was the motivation behind writing the book? Well, I, I used to be a football player myself. Sure. Uh, I was a professional player in Belgium. I uh, did my law and, and business degree, and then I started as a lawyer. When I was mm. 25, I was injured a lot, and I started as a lawyer. And one of my friends who played with me, uh, he was going to the Belgian national team, and he said, look, you're my friend, but you're also a lawyer. Mm. I want to buy an apartment in Brussels uh, because I think it's a good investment, and, uh, but I have to go to the notary. I have to do stuff with, with the banks and, and the loans and the, the interest rates, and I, honestly, mm. I don't know anything about it. Can you help me? So um, as a friend, I told him, look, with pleasure, uh, why not? <laughs> so I helped him with this. And suddenly, I think one year later, I had three or four quite famous Belgian football players oh, wow. who were contacting me and they needed my advice. And then you think, okay, that's very sexy, guys <laughs> making millions. <laughs> but it was the other way around. It was like a bit of a sad story. So... Uh, one of the guys, they just uh, had a breakup and a divorce. Um, mm. He also had a, a bad season uh, and he, his salary was, uh, was reduced uh, by, let's say, 50%. And wow. suddenly they had financial problems. And suddenly I was not doing the sexy big transfers, but I was <laughs> doing the, the negotiations with the banks uh, because the banks were there to 
to seize property mm -hmm. to, to to sell the cars that they bought to to sell the houses that they bought wow. and uh, uh, and it could go very fast so that's and that, that's how I got in, back into football so and that's also how I started thinking about the well the entourage of football players because that that was a bit the the thing is that the footballers they have their agents mm -hmm. but next to the agents they are missing some things and at the beginning I was providing them these these things and you may say yeah but they make millions how is it possible that they go bankrupt mm. um, I had the same opinion in the beginning but with what I know now mm. it's not that easy to be honest so, it seems easy to have a lot of money mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it also has a lot of consequences because you it's easy to spend mm -hmm. uh, people around you expect something yeah. um, but also a football career goes up and down. Uh, you have good years, you have bad years. And mm -hmm. if you have a bad season at a bad moment and you have to sign a contract, which is a lot less, but you're used to spending a lot more, then you have a problem. Uh, people advising you to make some really dodgy investments. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Texas, if you do some international, certainly within Europe, if you move from one country to another and you don't know what you're doing, uh, things can go wrong quite quickly. And, and that's how I learned that it's it's nice to make a lot of money, but it's not easy to make a lot of money. Mm. And what we see always are, well, let's say our philosophy is it takes you a, a lot of effort to make a lot of money, but it takes you 10 times more effort to keep the money. Yeah, And that's what I think we were focusing on in the very beginning. And I think we are still one of the few agencies or 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 legal consultants or whatever you should mm. call us that are focusing on these problems. And, and I think it's a bit of shame. And, and the reason why few people are focusing on it is because you can't make money with protecting football players. You can make money by selling them and transferring them and making the agent fees, but doing the taxes right, <laughs> no agent makes money with it. Uh, mm. And these kind of things, that's, that's what I find a bit strange. Uh, in, in European football agency business that nobody's really watching what these guys should be doing. Mm. Uh, and that's why I wrote the book to, to help the players with a lot of questions. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, when, when players have, have like uh, business problems or uh, legal problems, nothing to do with football, yeah. they ask us some questions and, and that's why I wrote the book to just to see 8% of the questions we get we answer them in the book, but it's only in Dutch. So you have to learn Dutch or I should translate it. <laughs> you know, you, you, you have told me that um, uh, probably one of these days when, if you ever have the time to translate it, uh, then you will, you know, but I'm super happy that, you know, people like you exist. And you see, that's one of the things that I now try to do for a lot of the African athletes, you know, so I, myself, I attempted to play professional football. Unfortunately, yeah. I tore my ACL in my knee just yeah. as I was graduating university. So the agreement I had with my parents was go to school. So yeah. when you're done with your law degree, you know, then yeah. you can play football. Unfortunately, I told my ACL at the time there was, there was no hospital. There was no doctor in Nigeria who could do ACL reconstruction surgeries. So I had to go yeah. abroad, you know, get my surgery done, then do rehab. I was out of sports yeah. for two years. I couldn't play football for two years. So when I returned now, I knew I was much older, you know, and yeah. I knew that it was going to be more difficult, but I said, Hey, you know, let me still try. And that's when I started running into all these funny agents, you know, mm -hmm. telling me to reduce my age, you know, yeah. telling me they were going to take me to these obscure countries. And, then, and I knew that I said, first and foremost, if I reduce my age, 
then it means my law degree goes out of the window. You know, because I obviously can't do that. I, I won't be able to use it later and mm-hmm. magically bring it out and say, um, I'm a lawyer mm-hmm. now. You know, so I, I kind of like the fact that, you know, you are seeing this side to things, you know, and you're, mm-hmm. and you're helping athletes. Out. I'm sure you've seen a lot of athletes who have been in my position. Yeah. And I think, honestly, and I think it's also a bit of a cultural problem. What I mm-hmm. see with our African clients, it's even more difficult. Mm. Um, because their families really depend on them and they also are expected to send a lot of money every month <laughs> which, and they, they need to show that they're successful mm. but they're not thinking about the long run they're not thinking about uh, the, the future after 35 so they, mm-hmm. they, they make for example 50,000 euro a month and they send 45,000 euro every month to Africa it's not being invested it's mm-hmm. just like gifts and presents and uh, just thrown away so and, th- and that's really it's it's uh, it also has to do something with culture and i think i don't know why but uh, if you look at the numbers in mm-hmm. the american football where you also have a lot of uh, what's i know not I, I want to avoid the the sensitive words but i think yeah. the, the or, <laughs> original african uh, uh, native uh, mm-hmm. football players that 78 percent of them gets into final trouble within five years after their career. True. And they make a lot more money than a football. And in football, it's 60%. So what you see is the more money you make, mm-hmm. the bigger the problems become. Mm-hmm. And from my experience, one way or another, people around uh, players expect them to spend. Yeah. And that's also a big problem for me is the, the social factor that to, to show that you're successful. Uh, and, and, and that's something that we really try to take care of. And then I, I believe what I see in my experience, for example, with Nigerian players is that they, they don't have this culture to save for the long run. Mm. Um, I, I had South African players and they said that you're crazy thinking about after you're 35, maybe I'm that when I'm 35. <laughs> and, and, and one of my former teammates, he is that. Mm. So in the end, I was the stupid guy to say to him, look, you have to save so maybe it's it's something cultural that they say, look, but you don't have to think always in the long run, enjoy life. So maybe I'm a bit boring guy, so I'm not <laughs> seeing what I'm doing with the right thing because this, this South African guy who is now dead and he's not even 35, mm. he was right to live to the fullest. And I was the boring guy saying, no, you don't have to buy this nice car, buy this small car. Mm. So I don't say I'm right, but what I think is if, if, if you think in the long run, we try to protect you. But it's not about being right or wrong. That's what I wanted to say because it's also it's a bit about well, who you are and who you want to be and, and, and where you want to be when you're 35 also. So it's, it's not... But yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's what we try to uh, that's it. That's a good one. You mentioned some Nigerian footballers. Have you, have you represented any... You know, have you crossed paths with any, any of them over there in Europe? Um, I, yes, I have certainly... Uh, I'm now thinking there were South African guys. I, I had one Nigerian guy, but he didn't make it in the end. He was in the wow. Aspire Academy uh, in Qatar. So he mm. was a big talent, but he didn't make it. Why, uh, why didn't he make it? Uh, do we have other Nigerian guys? Um, I certainly know some Nigerian players who contacted me, but they're not my clients. So mm. in Belgium, it's there. Well, yeah, you have always famous Nigerian players. Oh, I, I do represent a national team player. But he's Belgian Nigerian, so it really doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, he's more like uh, he's really Belgian, even Flemish, like. But he, he's he's Nigerian nationality. 
So he's one of our clients indeed. A national, a national team player. He will uh, be in the national team the next uh, that's, that's, that's a good one. You, you mentioned the Nigerian talent that didn't make it. Why, why do you think he didn't make it? Because he didn't have the attitude. Attitude. Um, it's, it's as soon as players, and it doesn't have anything to do with, with Nigerian or whatever. Mm. When I see young players suddenly making money and they have a contract from, let's say, small starting contract in Belgium is allowed mm. 750, 800 euro a month. And then suddenly they make 8,000 euro a month. Then they say, oh, I've arrived. No problem. I've signed my big contract. Mm. Uh, but then they, they forget to work and they forget to invest and they forget to. And that was a problem of these guys. He said, he said look, I'm already arrived. And if mm. you have this attitude that, yeah, I'm already there. I need to be where I am. Even when you're 20, you're still, <laughs> you should still train. You should still invest and you should still fight for the things. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have the fighting spirit anymore. Um, so... Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, that, that's. I. I think that was the main problem for him is the the attitude that he he didn't have the working attitude anymore like he had before. So, and I think it was because of money. Oh yeah, I, I perfectly understand that, and I think that's one of the things that you know, at least with this podcast, that I try to I try to help the young athletes with, in the sense that you know, yes, you might be good, yes, you might have the talent, you know, but there are so many other factors and so many other things that contribute. To whether or not you're going to go far. So if you only believe that, hey, I have the talent, I'm sorted. I have the talent, I'm good. You're going to find out the hard way that it is more than that. And, 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 and I like that uh, you've mentioned that and you are in that position. So I'm going to come back to the book, you know, and, and ask you some of the few things that you share in there. But if there's a young footballer now that is listening to us, you know, and listening to the things that we are saying, what is it that agents look for in footballers? You know, so people like you, what are you looking out for in footballers? So there's a footballer who you know, needs to get himself prepared. What are the things that he should know? Well, it's, it's a cliche and it's <laughs> really a cliche, but hard work beats talent all the time. Mm. And it's really like this. Um, if, if you talk to a player and they're both as talented as, as, as well, top potential players should have, Mm-hmm. And you have the guy with the mentality and the focus. It's about, I think it's more about focus. And if you have the focus <clears throat> and you're prepared to work hard mm-hmm. and work harder than the rest, they will always make it without a doubt. What I've seen is that the fighters, they survive. Mm-hmm. You have, we have represented super talent, which really super talents when they were 16, 17. One of the guys, I've never seen a player like this. When he was 17, he played European uh, Europa League with a small club in Belgium. He was great. He was, it was like crazy. Now he's 25. I think he played 25 games in first division belts. And wow. the only reason why is because when he was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. everybody was saying, ah, oh, he's the best, he's the best. And still when I'm talking to him, he says to me, look, but I'm still the best. <laughs> At training, I'm still the best. Yeah, but you don't fight, you don't play, you don't, you don't improve. You're, just, you're a nice player to watch, but efficiency is zero. Mm. And, and you don't invest in your talents. And he's a guy that never, he never needed to invest in his talent mm. because he was always more powerful, well, a better player than the other ones. So that's, that's I think. So what are, what are we looking in? Feet on the ground and this focus and dedication. And then you have this basic talent, which everybody should have. But, and then next to that, specific qualities. Mm. It's, you should be extremely powerful, extremely paceful, tall guys, uh, very technical guys. Uh, 
if you have this one specific quality and all the rest is okay, mm. you can make it to the real top, to the real top. That's also, so it's a bit the mixture of, of talents that we're looking for, but I think this dedication focus and then this one or two extreme talents that you see, oof, yeah. it's, it's like you can make a difference on a pitch. And I think that's, that's what we're looking for in the end. Oh, fantastic that you mentioned that. The, the, the flip side to that, you know, is obviously, you know, you've mentioned some of these um, technical things and the things that you can see. But one of the things that I also advise athletes about, you know, and, you know, being someone who has gone through that process, at least to a specific point, is that you need to start planning early. You know, so I have athletes now who message me, you know, and they are, they are what, 25, um, they are some of them 22, you know, and, and they want to play abroad. They want to play in Europe. Now, that's a good ambition to have. Nobody is going to dispute that. But the point is that you should have started planning early. What can young athletes, footballers particularly, who they are in Africa currently, they want to play in Europe. What are some of the things that they can do, at least from your experience? not easy mm -hmm. honestly to get from africa to to europe it's not easy mm -hmm. um i know a lot of players one of the the, the easiest ways is to get into the national team mm. but from my experience it's very difficult to get into the national team because uh, it's, it's certainly in nigeria sometimes i really don't understand how they make the selection <laughs> some players <laughs> i don't want to criticize anybody but that's my uh, experience <laughs> So getting into the national team is one. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is getting into a good academy with a good name mm. or a good club. And it can be when what players tend to forget is, um, okay, maybe in Nigeria you have a certain level of football, but if you get to North Africa where mm -hmm. you have better leagues like the Moroccan, that can also already be a good step. Because when you have the chance to come to Europe, you should be 100% ready. Mm. You only get one chance, uh, and that's that's some things uh, that some players forget. This they say, yeah, but I have talents, but physically they're behind. Tactically they're a bit behind. Mm. So when you have the chance, that's why I always say, look, it's not bad that you've played one or two years uh, outside of Nigeria, for example, in in a league like Algeria, mm -hmm. Tunisia, Morocco, because there is also a lot of visibility, and tactically you already get some kind of understanding of the European uh, level True. because the coaches are more oriented to the, to the European style of football. And then when you come to Europe, you should be ready physically, especially physically. If you start training, it's completely different. Uh, mm. Also, the cold is a problem. I've had players and, and one, of, one of our players came from uh, Ivory Coast and when he arrived was, uh, uh, I think, end of December, beginning of January, and it was snowing. And to deal with the colds mm. for these players, also not easy. So also about timing, it's, I think the perfect timing, if you do, for example, a trial is March, April, May. Mm. I think if you can arrive in these months, there's less pressure with the clubs because they have already uh, finished the season or nearly the season is finished. It's a bit warmer. Everybody's a bit more relaxed. And so it's also, it's really about timing at the right moment, being at the right no mm -hmm. moment. If you're in the national team, that's something else. Uh, mm. then, then you need to perform at the biggest tournaments, and if you play six good games in a big tournament, you can, you can be, <laughs> get a big contract. But next to that, it's not so easy. So, it's really, yeah. And, and agents can help, but agents. What I always say is, 
And certainly in Africa, there are a lot of dodgy agents. Uh, agents <laughs> no, it's, it's really true. I, I, I told you just before we started that I've been to Lagos and, uh, and I met some people who are not, they're not uh, reliable. True. Uh, true. And they promise the world and whatever. So I think it's, it's, it's good to have somebody you can trust who can really open doors. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, if you're really good, somebody will notice you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not good enough to be good one uh, month or, or one uh, season. It should be consistency and then continuously you should like perform. And But it's not easy to get a, because certainly in Nigeria, the pool of talents is, yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have a lot of clubs scouting actively in, in Nigeria. True. But every time I talk to them, they say there's so much talent, but then I think it, it's about the dedication and, 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 and the focus and, and the performance. And also, you have to be a bit lucky, whatever mm -hmm. you say. If you look at Ossiman, yeah, he's now going to make a big, big move, big player. But in Wolfsburg, everybody was complaining. Not, mm, good enough. Not, good, not good enough for the top. Then wow. he did a trial in Zultuarium, not good enough. Did a trial in Bruges, not good enough. Then the agent said, look, but I think he's good enough. I will put him to a club where um, the, the CEO or the president is my friend. Mm -hmm. The agent put him in the club. He was not fit when he arrived. So everybody's saying, whoa, what is he going to do here? <laughs> he was not, really, everybody said, well, I had big doubts about him. Uh, five weeks later, everybody says, he's the best player in Belgium. Wow. So then you see how keep pushing and also keep, but because after two failed trials, he could have mm -hmm. said, look, I'm back to Nigeria and he kept pushing and I've, I, it, this is only one example that's what I always see uh, uh, if you fail a trial don't uh, don't stop uh, mm. really try to to continue and to focus and then but it's easy to say I don't have to do it true, true. <laughs> I, I can watch them but to do it it's, it's not so easy so uh, yeah I think Ossiman is, is a good example he, mm. he should, any other player Nine out of ten, they, they would have stopped. They would have True. said, look, True. I go back to Wolfsburg, I take my contract, <laughs> and four years later, I go home. But he didn't. So, yeah, congratulations to him, I think. Yeah. That's a valid point you mentioned. And one of the things that I also tell athletes is that you have to be willing to go back to go forward. You know, so because I've tried out for this team and it didn't work, you know, maybe you're not at that level yet. So maybe you come down here, work on your game, get fitter, get better, you know, get a better understanding of the tactics so that you can be prepared, you know, to go up again. So I, di I didn't know that about Victor. And I think that's a, that's a, perfect, that's a perfect illustration um, that, that you just mentioned. But what, what would you say is the, would be the ideal path for an African footballer to take? So you want to leave Africa, where would be ideal to start with? You know, so is it Belgium? Uh, is it lower division France? Uh, what, what, would you, what would you recommend? Well, it, it's, a, it's a good question. Now we are working on a transfer uh, of an African player. Mm. He's going to be 18 in uh, November. Okay. And um, we are dealing with uh, the Manchester City group. And the Manchester City group really thinks about the pathway of players. What's the right club for the players? Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we've had now this discussion for a couple of days already. Okay, the player is now in uh, Africa. He mm. plays in a first team. Uh, which is already good for him. He plays in the youth national team, so that's good development-wise. That's okay. What's the perfect next step? 
I believe, and that's my opinion, the, mm. it depends on your talent. Mm. But the first two years, if you come from Africa, don't aim too high. Just aim at playing 15, 20 games somewhere. And I think what are perfect leagues to get into Europe, it's Denmark, mm. it's Belgium is already quite hard, so I think the Belgian second division is not the easiest one to start. But for example, Hungary, Slovakia, second mm. division Portugal, if you can start there and you play first season 15 games, second season you should play 20, 25 games. If you can do this, then you're ready for Europe. So if you're 18, you arrive in Europe and you play second division Denmark, for example, first division Finland, mm -hmm. uh, first division Hungary, Mm. Perfect leagues, <clears throat> step up leagues, play, get the experience, get mm. technically education, uh, physically you improve. And then when you're 20, you can go to, let's say, a good club in Belgian level. I think one of the examples is uh, Emmanuel Dennis from okay. Nigerian national team. Yeah. He, uh, so we <clears throat> he went to Ukraine when he was younger. Mm. In Ukraine, the... The level of football, I think it's it's similar like in Nigeria. It's not, uh, <laughs> not, a top, it's not a top level. But he played in a small club in Ukraine for, I think, one or two seasons. Then he came to Bruges. Mm. And now he's in Bruges two or three seasons, ready to make a step to a good European club. And if mm. he can do that, then he can go aim for the top. So if that's the perfect pathway, I think. Mm. Smaller league, league like Middle League, like Belgium, Austria or second division in Germany or whatever, and then to a top league, and then to a top level. I think that's, that's the perfect step. Uh, that's, that's a good one. The point that you mentioned is, is fantastic, because one of the things that I always try to say is that you, you need to be thinking about that pathway. It's not that I'm good, and everything is just magically going to happen for me. But now you've mentioned you know, footballers that are, what, 18, you know, and they can start at this age. What if you have the younger talent, so like a 13-year-old who says, I want to become a professional footballer, but I'm in Africa, I'm in Nigeria, what would you recommend ideally that they do? And is it possible at that age to get into an academy in Europe? No, it's not possible. It's, uh, it's even illegal to get into a... You have to wait until you're 18 years old, mm. uh, so you can't do anything. So um, I think that it's just a matter of to get into the best possible academy in uh, in africa uh, mm. or in nigeria uh, where there's a lot of visibility i think a lot of clubs in, in nigeria they have cooperation programs with with european clubs oh. it's always interesting if you could get into these kind of academies because then you can for example i know a lot of african academies have the for example they the, the younger ones when they're 16 17 they're, for example, uh, invited to train two months or three months in uh, Sweden or in Finland or in Hungary or Slovakia. I think mm. if you can get these kind of experiences, that, that's perfect, I think, as a young boy. But it's illegal to come to Europe, so don't, don't try to come to Europe because then, then it will be... It will be over before it started. <laughs> that, that's a good point you make, you know, because I, 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 get, the, I get the parents here who, are, who have the resources you know, who say things like, you know, I don't want to deal with the Nigerian people, obviously because of this stigma uh, with the agents and how mm -hmm. they are pretty fraudulent, you know, and I just want to take my child and I want to take them abroad. And I'm like, 
you know, take it easy. Like, <laughs> don't quickly be in that hurry. First and foremost, that academy or wherever it is you want to go is not going to take you. Like, literally, they're not going to take you. So don't even think about that. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you, that you mentioned that. But for many of these players now, you know, I like that we're, we're having this conversation and we're getting into it. One of the things you mentioned when we started, you know, was that aside from the football agents, you know, there's still that gap between the footballer and the agents. And of course, you try to uh, supplement, you know, and come in in those areas. Um, can you tell me about that in terms of, I'm a footballer now, these are the people that I need to surround myself with aside the agent. Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing, certainly for African players to start with, is to, I think, to have the right, uh, the right agent. Um, because what, what maybe a lot of players don't realize in Africa is that if you're being presented by the wrong agent, the door is already closed. <laughs> and, and only a few African agents have a reliable reputation. So I think it's uh, don't sign with anybody and don't um, what, and, and I, I, I tell you this with, with all respect, but mm-hmm. to get a young player as a Belgian club, or a Dutch club or a whatever club to get him to to Europe, it's it's a jungle mm. because you never know who's the real agent. There's always somebody is involved and he's working with another guy and another yeah. guy. <laughs> and I think if you, I think there's there's a huge market for reliable agents in Nigeria if they mm. can just work directly with one man in the middle and you can bring them to. Uh, to Europe and you have the good reputation with, with European clubs, then I think a good agent can do a lot of business. I work together in Burkina Faso with one guy and he has this reputation that when he brings a player, the player is good. Mm. It's an easy transfer. There's no fighting. He says, this is the prize and we do it like this and then mm-hmm. that's it. And if you, get, if you could find an agent who has the same reputation, I don't know any Nigerian agent who has this <laughs> reputation. But yeah, maybe because I don't know the market that well. But for example, in Burkina Faso, I know sure. this guy and he, he, he does it. So I think that's the first step. And then when you come to Europe, I think it's it's important that, again, you, you maybe have to change agent already because the agent bringing you from mm-hmm. Nigeria to Belgium is maybe not the right guy to bring you from Belgium to England or to it's Italy. That's, level, yeah. It's a different kind of level. And... And then it depends a bit on what what you want and who you are as a person. Um, some players they 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 are very independent. Other players they may need uh, people who take care of them. And I think uh, it's it's a lot about education. And what I see is that um, the European players they had this kind of financial education, and mm-hmm. then African players they for them it's it's that much money um, and then nobody informed them the way they should deal with money, with attention of girls. And then oh, that's also one of the, the big problems I, I see when, when people arrive in, uh, in Belgium, the girls always like these players, but uh, they're also a distraction. Uh, so it's, it's more about, I think again, also surround you with the right people. Um, and the right people are the people who have a genuine interest that whatever happens to you is the best possible thing that happens to you. And and a, a lot of people in football don't have this best interest for the player. Oh. So I think yeah, watch out with, with trusting people and 
um, start to invest the money that you make as soon as possible mm -hmm. or in Africa or in Belgium or in wherever in London, wherever you are, I think, um, and, and do it with people that, that, uh, yeah, that have a good reputation. Uh, because like in football, people can have a bad or a good reputation, but also if investing in real estate, uh, asset management, you have people that are doing good jobs and bad jobs. So you really need to be careful to, to, well, to, to, to work with the right people on every aspect of your career, not only the football aspect, also on the, on the other aspects. Uh, it's great. It's great that you mentioned that, and that's that. That's really, really good information. You know, so like I was telling you, uh, the reason I started the podcast. You know, so now I get a lot of, and that's one of, that's the next question I'm going to ask you in terms of what's the difference between you know an agent and a sports lawyer. You know, so one of the things that I I do with the podcast and of course with my sports management company is that you know I because these agents they bring all sorts of contracts to all of these athletes, and because of my experience, what I went through from the playing side. So on the podcast, we talk about performance stuff, mindset stuff, some of the things that we've talked about here. Now on the flip side, you know, in terms of that agent giving you this contract to sign, you know, so in terms of helping them vet the contracts, what should you be signing? So you're less than 18. Can you sign with an agent, you know, and things like that. So now I've started getting a lot of messages from footballers who now want me to represent them. You know, so it ties, yeah. into, it ties into what you're saying as relates to somebody that is trustworthy you know, and yeah. somebody that people know that, hey, you can be trustworthy. You know, and I get, you know, many people as well in the UK, many sports lawyers, they're like, Tola, why are you not being a sports agent? And I said, you know, let me, let me not bite off more than I can chew. You know, but what's the difference between sports agents and sports lawyer? And of course, I agree with your points that, you know, we need trustworthy people, especially in the African market. From my experience, what's the difference? Uh, I used to be a sports lawyer. I think now my only business is, is being a football agent. Uh, what's the difference between me as a football lawyer and me as a football agent? As a lawyer, you watch the contracts, you mm. analyze the contracts, you review the contracts, you are like every little detail in the contracts, you're trying to protect the client to the best possible extent. Mm -hmm. You need to have a special kind of education. You need to have uh, some kind of specialization uh, because a lot of people say, yeah, but it's just reading a contract. It's a lot more <laughs> than that. It's about know-how. It's about, and then you really protect the clients. Um, what I now understand, what is the added value of an, of an agent? I think you need a lawyer and an agent. Uh, mm. or You should work with an agent that has a lawyer. That's my point of view. But what's the difference then? The agent has information. He has information and a network. And unless you're the new Lionel Messi, mm. you will need somebody with, with information and a network. Lionel Messi, he can just say, look, I only need a lawyer to protect me. I ask the, the, the most silly numbers and somebody will pay them and mm. the lawyer needs to put them into the contract. But when you're not Lionel Messi and you need to look for a team and you need to know which team is looking for which position and how much can I ask, then you need agents. Um, because they have the information, they have the network. Um, but if you work with the wrong agent or without a, a sports lawyer, um, you can get into a messy situation and you're not protected at all. And I think our agents, they start their business by selling their network. Mm. Lawyers, they start their business by selling their know-how and their protection. True. 
Um, so we are still a company that in first instance, we sell our protection and mm -hmm. only in second, uh, in a second phase, we sell our network uh, because we believe that you should be the basic or the foundation of a career is the, is the protection. Mm -hmm. And if you're not well protected, you will get some, someday you will get in trouble. Uh, and then we were the, I think the, the protection side is more like the lawyer side mm -hmm. and the deal-making side is the agent side. I think that's, that's how I see things. Um, oh, perfect. What, what, what would you say that, assuming, I'm not saying I'm considering it, I'm not saying I'm considering it, but assuming I wanted to make that switch now from sports lawyer, so you know, I want to stop with reviewing those contracts and all those things, and I want to switch over to being an agent. What are the things that I would need to know? I think you need to... Uh, build a network. I think you can combine both uh, profession, certainly in the beginning. Mm -hmm. That is also what I did. I, I was a lawyer and, and I started working as an agent. And at a certain moment, I was just <clears throat> bigger as an agent than as a lawyer. Um, so what I would do is uh, build a network. Of I know people like people. you now, sir. <clears throat> Sorry? I said, I know people like you now. <laughs> Uh, no, it's true. Yeah, but I think the the podcast is a good idea. If you, uh, but because uh, I think if you want to become an agent, um, also be aware it's also a different business model. Mm -hmm. You really depend on the quality of your clients. While as a lawyer, if your client is a little more difficult, so be careful with the business model of agents because you can work for the new Lionel Messi. But if the new Lionel Messi is called by Jorge Mendes. Uh, then you as a as a small agent you will also be kicked outside out of the deal um so yeah try to work with people you can trust try to work with players you can trust but keep focusing on the also on on the background as a lawyer because that's i think that's that's a skill that's missing with a lot of agents is that they they only think about the deal and the money and then not about the client and as a lawyer you're you're used to worry about the client and think about the client. So that, that would be my advice. And then build a network uh, and build a reputation. Um, the reputation is everything. That's what I told you before is as an African agent, there are a few African agents with good reputations in Europe. So if you can build this reputation, you can have the biggest market in the world can be for you. Oh, no. Because at the moment, no big agents except maybe one or two exceptions yeah, yeah. is known as the deal maker for African players and reliable. Mm. It's always, yeah, this agent can do the deal, but he's tricky. <laughs> That's the way we perceive top African agents. Yeah. Well, if a club could say, look, this is the agent we should put in between and he's very clean and uh, professional, Mm. then I think you can, you can build a great business. But it takes time. You, you should be willing to invest five to, to ten years before mm. you establish this reputation. So it's, it's, not, it's not easy. Honestly, people think you can become rich very easily <laughs> as an agent. Um, it's like winning the lottery. You can if you have uh, the new Lionel Messi. Mm -hmm. But it's a very competitive business and it's not an easy business. Certainly not in Africa because everybody believes he's an agent. <laughs> so it's not so easy.
certainly valid valid points. You know, for example, now I've been doing the podcast now for almost five years. You know, so over five hundred episodes uh, where I've just been teaching young athletes what they should know about sports and all of that. You know, so I get people who care about me now. You know, and think I just came out of somewhere, and I'm like, no, I've been doing this for a while. So I agree with your point <laughs> that you know. Exactly. I agree with your point that being an agent is not something that uh, is just going to happen overnight. You need to be willing to invest the time, you know, and if I decide, if I decide to go down that route, you know, certainly is something that is something that I would have at the back of your mind. But I have to be mindful of your time, Stan. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, which you mentioned, you know, which of course would be one of my final questions is you mentioned the smaller agent getting kicked off the deal, right? Now, as that smaller agent, is it possible for you to enter agreement with the bigger agent to co-manage that player pending when, of course, that smaller agent begins to rise in the business and gets to the points? And the reason I'm asking that is that you're going to see Nigerian players and African players who are good, right? But they wouldn't want to mm -hmm. sign with an African agent because they believe that that African agent would not get them far. So they are shooting for the big agents straight away so that that agent automatically helps them. Now, that's pretty mm. dicey in a way because, I mean, it has to be worth it to that bigger agent to sign with you. So maybe uh, you might be better off signing with the smaller agent first. But what's your take on that kind of arrangement? Well, that's, that's the way we, we have grown our business. I think it's mm. uh, also we were, we were non-existent <laughs> seven, year, seven years ago. I was just, I had three or four clients who were just my friends. Mm. Um, and then it's a matter of, well, building relations with agents who can help you mm. get your players into the right clubs. Mm. Um, and there are different models uh, for this. Uh, the way we, we've we done it and the way I, I still do it uh, is we, we work on basis of percentages that we just say, look, if we work together, we, we do it. Uh, with the following split 50 50 40 40 20 if there's a third person person involved i think that's that's one of the the, the the ways to do it so if you have an exclusive representation contract with your client you just say look for belgium we work together i offer you this and this player mm. if you make a deal we do 50 50 that's one way to look at it what happens a lot and that's what i what would annoy me a little bit is that the, the bigger agents, they contact the smaller agents and they say, look, you have this top player. I pay you, let's say something, 500,000 euro if it's really an incredible player or 50,000 euro or 5,000 euro. If you transfer the player to my portfolio mm -hmm. and you can also get a percentage of every commission we make in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the way I think to lose the player as mm -hmm. a smaller agent. So mm -hmm. I would never recommend to work like this because then they take over everything and then then you lose control uh, so i i think as, as an agent if the player is happy with you i think you should always try to to keep control uh to the extent possible because otherwise they will blow you away mm -hmm. so i think these are the two ways to do it and, and i would never sell my contract with the player sure. because players can also be screwed by this because if you end up with a big agent and you're a small player with a big agent, it's not always interesting for this big agent to make a deal. Sure. Um, so uh, it's, it's sometimes better to have a bit smaller agent who fights to get you a deal than a big agent who doesn't care about you. Um, so that's a bit my my view on this. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 not easy to start, but yeah, you have to 
to work with the right people who don't screw you over because that's also something that can happen in, in the football agent business. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. I, I knew this conversation was going to be amazing. You know, and there are so many things I still want to ask you, but probably that can be, you know, another time. I said you were going to share with us, you know, some tips from the book. Can you share with us two rules? Because obviously you say 50 rules to take control of the business side of your football career. Just two of those rules. And of course, I can let you go. I don't know whether they're put like this literally in the book, but one <laughs> of the rules is I always tell players that you have, two major risks mm -hmm. as a player and as a, for the well-being and the financial well-being of the player, I think there are two main risks. And one of the risks is um, getting married, mm. but then we're getting the divorce. So you should have a prenup. Mm. Always have a prenup. Uh, don't, don't, a lot of players, you should know that one out of three players in the, in the Premier League are divorced within one year after their career. Wow. So if you then don't have a prenup, you lose 50% of your, of your, well, of your wealth. Wow. So that's, that's, I think that's rule number one, is make sure that uh, this risk of getting a divorce uh, and, well, the financial risk of getting a divorce, that that's covered by a, a decent prenup. So that's number one. And then, well, the second risk that we talk about for our players or the main risk is the, the risk of injuries. Sure. And you, you can take at a certain moment uh, incapacity insurances, so insurances that cover the risk that whenever you're injured for a long time or mm -hmm. whenever you're injured and you cannot play anymore, that you'll get uh, a remuneration or a lump sum fee from the insurance company. Sure. And I think these are for me, if you have covered these two risks already as a player, then I think in the end, all the rest are, are a little, little, well, a bit less risky than, than these two things. So, well, for me, the two rules are get a prenup and get an insurance uh, at the right moment. And also don't get an insurance for crazy numbers because a lot of players, they're also overinsured because then the insurance, insurance company sells them insurances with it, which they don't need. Really? But uh, I think injuries is a big risk. So, if you sign a big contract, for example, you move to the Premier League in England, and uh, if you break a leg, then you don't want to be ended. Uh, well, with a, you don't want to end up with a bankruptcy. So, I think these two rules, yeah, if if you follow them, then you're already a lot uh, more safe during the career than uh, than all the other players. Uh, that's a that's a fantastic one because you know, like I was telling you, I tore my ACL. You know, so I was I was how old was I then? I was twenty or thereabout when I when I when I tore my ACL. You know, and it was pretty bad. You know, so I had bone bruising and all of that. You know, I had to get surgery. So I I completely agree that in the blink of an eye, you know, it can be done. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Stan, and you know, it's been really, really, really good. Can you tell us where we can find you? How we can follow you? You know, and 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 just tap into that world of knowledge. Well, I think we put a lot of uh, know-how on our uh, Instagram page. Mm -hmm. So uh, Stir Associates Instagram. Uh, um, our Twitter is a bit less active nowadays. It seems to be uh, only Instagram that's, uh, that's important. Uh, but I think our website and our Instagram are the two ways to, to keep track of, of what we're doing. And, and we, sh we try to share a lot of know-how. So yeah, and if you have questions, they can always send me emails. That's not, certainly not a problem. Okay, can you let us have your email that we can send those questions in if we have those questions? Yeah, so the email, you can send all the, the questions to info at stirassociates.com and then it's okay. All right, and fantastic. And it will end up with me in the end. 
Yeah, fantastic. Info at stairassociates.com. Info at stairassociates.com. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time. I, I know we mixed up, you know, the, the time zone, you know, a little bit and it's pretty late for you, even though it appears to be so bright outside. Uh, no, it's, it's okay. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> uh, it was a pleasure having you on. No, thank you. The pleasure was mine. Very good. Thank you very much. Oh, man, like I'm just... I'm just super glad that we're able to get Stern on. I mean, you could you could see how professional he was. You could see how how much knowledge he had about the game. Now, one of the things that, of course, we talked about is how you know you don't have many agents in the world who are trustworthy. Like, I mean, let's that's just the truth. You don't have many agents who are trustworthy. So to hear Stern talk about the things that he talks about and the kind of value that he gives us. So if you're a footballer, this was your episode. If you take everything from this episode. In addition to the episode that we had with John Prince, episode 455, trust me, then you add goal setting mastery to it, you are on your way to not only becoming an elite athlete, but you see, breaking into the ranks of the athletes that are worthy of discussing in terms of achieving the goals that you set for yourself. Head over to Instagram, guys. Check out Stir Associate. So, obviously, I'm going to put that in the show notes so uh, you can check it out. Show notes at leadmaestro.com forward slash Francis athletemaestro.com forward slash francis for the show notes uh, so you can follow stern on instagram at stair associates is also at stair francis on instagram as well and of course he shares valuable tools that would help you both on and off the pitch of play so uh, this episode i was super excited we we're able to do it many thanks to stern uh, for coming on and i'm sure that uh, later on in the future i'm sure we're getting him back on the podcast as well of course i'm still going to work on convincing him to write that book in english fabulous fabulous episode guys if you enjoyed this share it with a fellow footballer with a fellow athlete as well even if you're not a footballer you have seen some of the practicals that you can take away from this you know in terms of the kind of attitude that you have business side of sports which of course applies to all other sports aside from football so share this episode with a fellow athlete who you want to learn something from this particular one so just hit the share button share it with them and of course you can head over to instagram to check out a video clip uh, from that episode with stern if you haven't subscribed to the podcast you haven't left us a rating and review so that you'll miss great episodes like this then of course uh, head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe where you would learn how to subscribe to the podcast and also leave us a rating and review all we do here on the podcast is to provide you with the tools to be the best athlete you can be and the way that you do that is to break your mental and physical limitations in sports we provide you all of this detail so subscribe and also leave us a rating and review do not forget to get your hands on goal setting mastery athletemaestro.com forward slash mastery and of course if you have any questions whatsoever send me a mail tola at athletemaestro.com tola at athletemaestro.com i'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show remember knowing is not enough you must apply willing is not enough you must do i want you to go out there learn all the lessons you can from this episode with stern francis i want you to go out there and i want you to be a maestro today and every single day